For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Kmart announces the Freedom Store is closing forever. Millions of dollars in inventory must be sold. Store-wide discounts up to 75% off. Every department is on sale. All fine jewelry, fashion apparel, footwear, toys, health and beauty aids, and cosmetics are now on sale in-store. Everything must go. Nothing held back. Selling to the bare walls. Even store fixtures are all for sale. Shop now for best selection only at the Kmart Store in Freedom at 1702 Freedom Boulevard. It is business as usual at all other Kmart stores. You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. D-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one. Hurts, Eating. first down and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles. Hi, everybody. Ed Kratz here, your host with Eagles Unfiltered. It's my pleasure today to be joined by the president of the NFL Draft Bible, Zach Patra. Uh, Zach does a terrific job with his player rankings. And I imagine, well, first of all, Zach, welcome to Eagles Unfiltered. Um, Let me ask you this. How much sleep have you had in these last uh, month or so? (laughs) Very, very little. But thanks, Ed. I'm glad I could be on here talking some football with you. It's you know, it's the one one of the things that I love doing is talking some NFL draft. But sleep wise, I mean, between studying the NFL draft and studying these players and getting all the content my guys have going up over at uh, you know SI.com is 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 a lot, and it's it's very little sleep. You know, so it's <laughs> it's fun, man. It's all oh, it's all worth yeah. it. That's why we do it. We love it. Labor of love, right? Exactly. So how can I mean? I've seen your rankings. I mean, you've done a, a terrific job, top to bottom. But it's not just you. Uh, just talk a little bit about, you know, how many people were involved in, in looking at each position and going over it with a fine tooth comb like like you do with the NFL Draft Bible. Yeah, it's it's a pretty, you know, intense process, you know, that really works out well. You know, we got um, Rick, who does a lot of the a lot of the rankings and then, you know, some of our leadership team on the scouting department, Lorenz Lineweber, who's uh, one of our international guys. He lives out in Germany, does a fantastic job as well as as well as Mark Jarvison. Jack Borowski, all, you know, all these guys have their hands and eyes, you know, on these guys looking at them and making sure that we have our rankings good. We're going over with a fine tooth comb, making sure, you know, we have the most accurate up to date rankings that are, you know, being put out there. So when draft day comes, you're on our site, you know, exactly, you know, what potential, you know, if you're looking at the Eagles and you're like, all right, we got needs at, you know, wide receiver, you know, defensive line, whatever you, you want to look at, you know, you just go to our rankings and it's like, okay, here's a, here's a particular player at that position that we might take. So we try to keep that, you know, accurate and the the most up-to-date information for you. So I I saw, I think Rick Saratella, who you mentioned, uh, I think he sent out that the hard copies of your rankings are now sold out, which is phenomenal, but you can still uh, get them online, right? It's, it was, it was crazy. It was one day we had, you know, a ton of books waiting to be sold. And then within like, 
three or four days they're just gone and i'm like wow (laughs) but yeah you can still get the pdf uh you know it's 1999 allaccessfootball.com you can purchase that and it'll it'll get sent to you pretty quickly that's great and i would highly recommend to anybody out there that wants to you know go into the draft knowledgeable um and see who your favorite team takes and in this case the eagles i would assume but um, I've been leaning on these rankings when I looked at prospects for the Eagles and I'm going to do a final mock draft, but uh, uh, you're, you're going to be, I guess, in Cleveland. Uh, today's Monday, April 19th. So we're only what 10 days out of the draft. Are you going to Cleveland? Uh, Zach? Yes. About exactly a week from this, this very second that we're talking, I'll be, I'll be on an airplane headed down to Cleveland. We'll be staying at the NBC, NBC suites, Cleveland Rockside. Um, they got us, you know, hooked up there with with the with the NFL Draft Bible headquarters. Very excited to be down there checking it out. I know the guys on the state of football. You know, I believe I was watching them. I believe they had uh, one of the employees from Cleveland Rockside NBC Suites to, uh, on the show today. You know, talking about what's uh, what's due down there. So, um, very excited to be down there. It's going to be a great time. Have you ever been to Cleveland? I have not. I have not. Okay. It's it's going to be it's going to be an experience for me just being somewhere that I haven't been. Yeah, hit the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's a pretty cool thing, if you have time. Oh, I know it's a work trip, but if you can squeeze it in. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say that there's a lot of things that I want to do down there. It's just yeah. a matter of if I can fit them all in. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is definitely on that list. Yeah, nice. So, listen, I talked to you last, I think, on February 22nd, uh, and we had a mock draft for you uh, to do. And at the time, you had the Eagles trading back to the number eight pick with Carolina and you got it half right. The Eagles did trade back, but they went all the way back to number 12 with the Miami Dolphins. So uh, after you predicted that trade back, you had them taking uh, the Alabama receiver, Devontae Smith. Now that the Eagles are sitting at 12, uh, Zach, I'll give you another shot at it. Who do you think they're going to take? Are they, are they going to trade again? I mean, what, what's your thinking they're going to do there uh, at number 12? Yeah, see, there's still quite a few holes on the Eagles roster that I would like to see them even trade back and acquire more draft capital for this year and years to come. Um, But if they're sitting at 12, Devonta Smith, in my opinion, is still going to be there. I personally think that he's not going to go as early as people think he is. I know he was a great wide receiver at Alabama, had one of the better seasons by a wide receiver ever in college football. And there's a lot of concerns. He's, you know, 164 pounds. Maybe he plays at 170 once he gets into the NFL or something like that. But, you know, sitting at 12, the Eagles need a receiver that can separate. And despite his size, he can still separate fairly easily from, from cornerbacks. So I think Devonta Smith is still a, a great option there. Pair him with Jalen Rager. You know, Jalen Hurts needs someone to throw to as well, another guy to throw to. So I think that's a good option for, for the Eagles sitting at 12 is to still take Devonta Smith or trade back Garner some picks. How do you separate the evaluation between Smith and Jalen Waddle? And, you know, I don't know if Jalen Waddle will still be there at 12, but you think the Eagles would take Smith over Waddle if both are still sitting there at 12. How do you separate those two uh, Bama wideouts? Yeah, two, two very different players, in my opinion. They both got, you know, quality speed. Waddle is, is you know, a, a little quicker than, than Smith. Um, Waddle, you know, he had the one injury. There's still some concerns that, you know, with his size that, you know, you might get, be getting more injuries down the road, but that's also with Devonta Smith. Um, you look at their ability to separate, and Smith does it in more of a fluid way, more of a, uh, a route re- running savvy type of way. 
where Jalen Waddle does it with his quick twitch, quickness, his ability to change directions on a dime. Um, so two different players. I think Waddle's more of that gadget type of player. You put him in the slot, let him run over the middle, get him on some jet sweeps. Smith, I want to see him in, uh, in the Z position, you know, off the line of scrimmage a little bit, um, get him some room to, uh, to beat the corner on his release, and then uh, have him use his, his route running, running savvy to, to beat those defenders. A lot of people think the Eagles need a cornerback uh, in this draft. You know, they have Darius Slay on one side, 30 years old. They restructured his contract. And now uh, it, next year, his salary cap charge is going to be $22 million. But they really don't have anybody on the opposite side. And you start, have to start looking to replace Slay, I would think, given his age uh, and his cap charge. Um, who do you think is the best cornerback? Should the Eagles go in that direction based on your rankings and your evaluations? Who do you think is the best corner in this draft and uh, and why? I got Patrick Sertain at the top of my list. I think he's extremely athletic, uh, very technically sound. I don't think he makes it to 12 for you guys, um, but, you know, there's still a chance. I think he's, you know, a very good player. He's he's obviously got the the, uh, the bloodline with his, with his old man playing in the NFL as well. A guy that's really close, though, and he will be available at 12 more than likely, is, is J.C. Horn. And I believe, if I remember correctly, we bumped him up to our cornerback one in our NFL Draft Bible rankings. Very good technique-wise. Um, he's a guy that quarterbacks did not want to test in college football. He was, he was a tremendous athlete, uh, plays, the, plays the position extremely well. J.C. Horn, I think, would be a great pick for you guys at 12 if you're not looking to build up that offense, uh, the offensive weapons a little bit more. Yeah, it's it's cool with Sertain and uh, Horn that both fathers played for a very long time in the NFL, you know, and and Joe and, Horn was one of my favorite wide receivers, too. I like Joe a lot. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, he was good. You're right. And it's weird when you think, oh, my gosh, he's got a son now uh, that's going to be playing in the league. And the same with Patrick Sertain. He was great. He was a very good uh, defensive back for the Miami Dolphins for, I think, eight or nine years. Um, that's probably got to help those guys too. growing up in an NFL family, I would think being around the game and uh, studying it and then watching their fathers and looking up to their fathers. Uh, I just think it's a pretty interesting little tidbit there. Um, let me ask you this about the defensive line. Cause the Eagles could throw a curveball in the first round um, given their philosophy and their love for building their teams from the inside out on both lines, not a very good uh, group of players, I guess, at the defensive tackle uh, and even on the edge, a lot of question marks in evaluations. Um, but who, who's your top defensive tackle in your rankings? If the Eagles should go in that direction, someone to pair with Fletcher Cox, who's 30, uh, you know, Javon Hargrave uh, was up and down in his first year here. And then they really don't have a whole lot of depth after that. So who's your top D tackle? Should the Eagles go in that direction? My top D tackle is Christian Barmore, despite the season that he had throughout the whole entire season, he, he was up and down as well. But when you look at the tape from that national championship game, he was just wreaking havoc left and right. He was the guy that was just popping off the film. And it's like, that's the guy you are getting when you draft him. He's, he's a, he's a phenomenal player. I, I like how you said that too, that they're, they're, they're the Eagles could look at defensive tackle because you, you said they're not a very deep this is not a very deep defensive tackle class. You need to get that top guy. That's one of the guys you need to get because you're not going to see someone that talented in the second, third, and so on rounds. So definitely grabbing your top guy at 12 could be a way that these Eagles go because you don't want to get that that talent gap in between the top guy and the next top guy. Uh, you don't want to risk that there. 
You know, it's funny. We're talking about all these Alabama guys. That's Christian Barmore. We just talked about there. We talked about Waddle and Smith and Sertain. And, you know, the Eagles haven't drafted a player from the University of Alabama uh, since 2002. And they took a wide receiver named Freddie Millens uh, well, that's in, interesting. The, in the fifth round. And for some reason, the Eagles have never gone back to Alabama, not, not in any round since then, which is really, really wow. remarkable. That blows uh, my mind, actually. Yeah, you know, and, and interestingly, in that same draft, Zach, the Eagles took uh, Lito Shepard, Michael Lewis, and Sheldon Brown in their first three picks, all defensive backs. And uh, then they took Brian Westbrook in the fourth round. So that was a fantastic draft. But uh, I see the Eagles taking more than one corner in this draft. What, let's look beyond the first round here. Uh, how do you see it with that cornerback position for the Eagles? Do you think they could take more than one in this draft? Absolutely. This is a phenomenal quarterback, cornerback class, excuse me. You know, we talked about Sertain and Horn, but you also got guys like, you know, Eric Stowe, Stokes from Georgia who, you know, ran in the, four, you know, under 4-3. Um, tremendous athlete, too. I think he's a guy in the second round you could end up grabbing. Personally, I think he's a first-round prospect, but sounds like the NFL is, is a little bit lower on him than I am. Um, guys like, uh, you know, Greg Newsom are starting to rise. He's likely going to be a first-round pick. Um, Afatu Melifanu, Trill Williams. Um, you know, just a lot of these guys that are, that are big, strong, athletic, can play the position technically well. Um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways to, uh, to go about this, you know, guys like, uh, you know, our Darius Washington, who I, he's more of a nickelback can play a little bit of safety. I like him as a free, I like him as a strong. So he does that, uh, that kind of honey badger type of role and he's physical, you know, I could see him being a, a, a guy that you guys address maybe a little later in the draft, you know, somewhere in the third round, um, so, plenty of options and, and plenty of guys that, that could fill those roles for you. Where do you see a guy? How do you evaluate a player like Caleb Farley from Virginia tech? Um, you know, has all the skills, but he also has the back injury, big red flag. Um, where do you see he's going to be at the draft? He's going to be in Cleveland with you. Um, but where do you think he goes given the nature of that back uh, injury? If you take out the all the injuries, because it's not just the back, it was you know it was a few other injuries that he had as well throughout his time at college. You know, very little playing time. But you turned out. I've watched every single game of Caleb Farley throughout college, and you see his his ability to tackle, his ability to play zone coverage. You know, understand understanding zone spacings. You know, closing up windows. Um, he does a tremendous job. But that, you know, he would be a, in my opinion, he'd be a top ten player. You take out those injuries, I mm-hmm. think he's a tremendous talent. But then you add in those injuries. I'm not touching him till till end of day two, but sounds like a lot of teams still think of him as a first round prospect, despite the injuries. You know, if you're a team like, you know, you, you look at the the Bucks at the back end of, of the first round sitting at the last pick there, Kansas City Chiefs, you know, some of these teams that, you know, might want to grab a corner and keep building that defensive back room could snag him right there. Yeah, you know, the Eagles did that with Sidney Jones back in 2017. You know, Sidney Jones was a cornerback that was probably a top 10, top 15 type talent probably would have gone in that range had he not torn his Achilles during his pro day. And then the Eagles took him in the second round and uh, Sydney was never really that kind of player that they thought they were getting. And now he's in Jacksonville, but um, you know, that was a costly miss by the Eagles. So I doubt they go Farley and you hope that whatever team takes Caleb, that he's able to, you know, put that behind him and, and, and have a good career. Um, but let's just move on, you, you know, getting back to your mock draft way back in February, almost two months ago, you had uh, the Eagles taking a linebacker in the second round. They have since signed a pretty decent linebacker in free agency, Eric Wilson from the Minnesota Vikings in your backyard there. You're probably very familiar with Eric Wilson. Um, but uh, 
do you see that need at linebacker as pressing after the Eagles signed him? And, and who would you take maybe, and maybe you've already said this with your cornerback uh, run through here, who would you take in the second round if you're the Eagles saying that you take Smith in the first round, you got your receiver. Now, where do you go in the second round? Do you still go linebacker? Yeah. I, so I took Zayvon Collins with my mock draft in February, but obviously things change. This kid's going in the first round. He's not going to get to 37. Nice. Um, and also, you know, Eric Wilson, first and foremost, that, that kid can play. You know, I actually, I, I was sitting at a game one time, a preseason game covering the Vikings and I'm sitting next to his grandma and me and his grandma are sitting there talking about Eric and talking about Mike Boone. Cause they played together at Cincinnati. So it was, it was fun, you know, getting to know him a little bit behind the scenes. Um, but he's a good player. Good, co- you know, he's he's solid in coverage. I wouldn't say he's great in coverage, but you're more likely going to use him in a, in a will uh, position. You know, so I, I do like him a lot. I think that's a great signing. And and no, I don't think you need to go linebacker at this pick. You know, if I so if I took Devonta Smith at twelve, this is probably where you start leaning corner. Where I talked about you know a guy like Eric Stokes or or a Fatu Melifonu if they're there. I think Eric Stokes would be a great player to pair up with Darius Slay. To be honest with you, add some speed. Um, a guy that plays zone coverage really well. Tremendous instinct. So if I'm if I'm sitting here, I got to take Eric Stokes because I like this player a lot. And sounds like he will dip into that second round, even though I think he's a first round prospect. Um, but if I'm going to try to be you know more of a realist, you know Eric Stokes is going to be here for you guys at the at the top of round two. I love it. And one more thing about Eric Wilson, and maybe you know this, but the University of Cincinnati has given the Eagles some very very good uh, players in their past. Trent Cole came from there. Brent Selleck. Um, Jason Kelsey. I mean, those are three very good players the Eagles drafted from uh, the Bearcats. And they also had Connor Barwin uh, that they signed as a free agent. So if the Eagles can get that kind of production from Eric Wilson, man, fans are going to love it. Um, so, all right. So, okay, moving into the third round, I know you had our Darius Washington, the free safety there in your previous mock draft. You also had a defensive tackle after you made that trade. You got Carolina's uh, 73rd overall pick, and you had the USC tackle, Marlon uh, Tui Poloto there. Uh, and then you had a quarterback in the third round with the Eagles, Davis Mills. There's some people that think Davis Mills could go in the first round, late in the first round or second round. What, what do you think about that? And do you think the Eagles take a quarterback on day two? Davis Mills, you know, being the high high uh I recruited prospect that he was out of, out of uh, high school. Uh, he, he played well in college. I wouldn't say it was great. I wouldn't say it was like first round talent, but then he goes to his pro day and the dude is just like slinging it. And that's when teams get up close personal with them. And he's, you know, you start seeing what this kid can do. And it's like, you know, maybe we do take a, take a risk on him and, and let him develop behind a guy like Tom Brady. You know, maybe the bucks do something like that. Uh, personally, I think he's more of a third round prospect still, you know, I like him a lot, but you know, I'm not someone that's going to risk, you know, trying to develop, you know, someone like him who, who played well, but not good. You know, I, I, it's just one of those things where I would, I would probably hold off into the third round until draft, you know, until drafting uh, Davis Mills. Um, but looking up at the third round pick that you guys could take, you know, you, you got your safety. So I don't think you're going to look there. You know, a lot of people are talking about Asante Samuel as a, as a, as a first round pick too. He, I think he's one of those guys you can interchange between safety and corner, but taking Eric Stokes, you know, probably wouldn't go that route. You know, I, I like, I like some of these, Offensive lineman like Donta Smith from Eastern Carolina, I think he'd be a solid pick because, you know, if I remember correctly, you guys could use some guard, maybe a little bit of tackle help with with the age of, of Jason Peters. Um, he's still with you guys, right? He didn't retire. No, no, but but Brandon Brooks is 32 coming off another Achilles yeah. injury. And, uh, you know, Lane Johnson obviously is 30 now and Jason Kelsey's 33. So, yeah, interior interior lineman is certainly an underrated need, I think, for this team. 
Yeah, and that's what I'm thinking here because I think it's a perfect time to start getting guys like you know Ben Cleveland, Jimmy Moore, Ben Cleveland out of out of Georgia, Jimmy Morrissey from Pittsburgh, Liam Eikenberg from Notre Dame. I mean, I think the, the third round is a is a perfect spot for you guys to start taking some developmental offensive linemen, and I think it's you know those are some great picks that you know should be there in the third round for you. Yeah, but what about that defensive line, Zach? I mean, come on. It, you know, we already talked about it. Who are you hey, taking? Are you going to take anybody hey, uh, on the defensive I'll line? Ta- I'll take one when I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those, like I said with Barmore, man, I, I just, it, there's there's such a talent gap that, you know, could I take Marlon Tulio, Tulio two from USC? I'm saying his name wrong. I know I, it's, yeah, I struggle welcome. to say his name, but, uh, you know, guys like him or, or, uh, you know, it'd be a good pick in this third round is Davian Nixon from Iowa. The kid is a first round talent, but there are some off the field issues. You're not going to get the details from anyone. You know, he's a very talented player, but uh, there's some off the field issues that are a bit of a concern, but he's a very talented player. So if, if you want to put an asterisk by the third round pick for me, you could put Davian Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it's a name we can pronounce. I mean, there's some defensive tackles in this draft. The, the UCLA, Levi Awunasurike. That's a tough one. The kid from UCLA, Osa. See, you got it. I got a couple of yeah, I mean, I learned how to spell Halapulavati Vitae when the Eagles took him out of TCU, and I learned how to spell it. But these other, you know, it's going to be challenging to <laughs> figure out how to pronounce and spell those names. Uh, Zach, one more question before I let you go here. Um, Anthony Harris, we, we talked about, you know, the Eagles did get a safety. They signed two in free agency, Andrew Adams from Tampa Bay, and Anthony Harris, another guy right from your backyard there, the Minnesota Vikings, he gave us a little insight on Eric Wilson, what can you tell uh, Eagles fans about Anthony Wilson? I'm sorry, Anthony uh, Harris. Yeah, yeah, Anthony Harris is a he's a great kid. I got to talk to him a little bit in training camp, just quick, you know, a couple minute talk about you know some ball and whatnot when he you know a couple years ago before he uh, on his on his contract here. You know, I was excited that the Vikings gave him that franchise tag because this kid can play, man. I love the way his ability and free safety, his ball skills. You're going to get interceptions from this guy. Um, his, his instincts, you know, reading half field. I think he does a tremendous job. He's someone that you could put in center field and he's got the range to go sideline to sideline. You know, he's going to cover a lot of ground and he's someone that you can rely on to make tackles and make plays with the, when the ball's in the air. Um, so you're getting a very good player. I was really hoping the Vikings could – could trade him on the franchise tag because I wanted to get something for him because he was, he's such a good player, but you know, he played well last year, not as good as the year before. Um, so, so I hope he can turn it around with the Eagles and, and, you know, have that type of season that he had the year previous to, to this last one here, because he's, he's a good kid and he's someone that can, uh, can really ball out. All right. Great stuff. Zach Patrick, president of the NFL draft Bible. Very busy man these days. I really appreciate you taking uh, these 20 minutes or so to talk to me, Zach. And, uh, hey, enjoy Cleveland. And, um, you know, pick me up a souvenir from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, will you? And send it to me. <laughs> we'll, we'll do. But thanks, Ed. No, I appreciate you having me on. I'll, I'll definitely try to get you something there. I'm just kidding you, man. Safe travel. No, I'm going to get you something now. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you have, a, have a great trip. And uh, this is a great time of year. I can't wait to see how this whole draft unfolds. Thanks, Ed. See ya. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.